Shattering the Glass Ceiling is a production of the Connecticut Democratic Party. I'm Tanaya Baker. And I'm Jacqueline Cozen. And we're your hosts for conversations with women who are the trailblazers, rising stars, elected officials, and campaign pros who make you say, I'm with her. Today's guest is the clerk of the Finance, Revenue, and Bonding Committee at the Connecticut General Assembly, Christina Penn. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Shattering the Glass Ceiling podcast. Um, We are excited today, Tanaya and I, because we have a former colleague of ours, Christina Penn, who worked with us on the Ned Lamont for Governor campaign. Yay, Christina. (laughs) It's so nice to like be able to get to hear a little more of your story. Uh, So thank you for joining us today on this rainy, gross day. Thanks for having me. You're so awesome. Um, All right, we're going to get right into it and uh, kick it over to Tanaya. Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming, Christina. So let's get right into the questions. Uh, tell us a, tell us about your life story. Where did you grow up? How did you get to where you are? Yeah, so I grew up in Durham, Connecticut. Both of my parents came from Cambodia to America, and they had me and my sister, and I graduated from Kagenchag Regional High School, where I then pursued a bachelor's degree in biomolecular science my what? freshman year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I wanted to go into the medical field or something sciencey, but I realized very soon after my freshman year ended that this is not the path for me. And so I was undecided for a little bit and it wasn't until my second semester, sophomore year, I realized that I wanted to pursue a degree in political science. During college, I was still super involved in my town politics. I was in the DTC. Um, I did an internship at the Connecticut General Assembly with Senator Ted Kennedy Jr. in 2016. And then I graduated in 2017. And in the fall of 2017, I still didn't have a job. I was working part-time at a restaurant as a counter girl at Mondo. And I was like, I need a full-time job, need to make some money and be on my own for a little bit. Uh, And so I decided to volunteer on a local campaign for it was a selectman's race in Guilford, where I met this wonderful woman, Megan Scanlon, who at the time was the finance director for Congresswoman Esty. And on my first night of making calls, she was like, uh, tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, I just graduated. I'm looking for a job. And so a couple weeks later, she texted me and was like, hey, I have this opportunity for a finance assistant. And if you're interested, I'd love for you to interview. And so I did. And I worked under her for a couple months. And then I later transitioned and joined the campaign for Ned Lamont, where I worked under this other wonderful woman named Jacqueline Cozen. (laughs) And then after the election, I took a job at House Dems as a constituent engagement coordinator where I was the aide to four reps. And then a year later, worked on Maria Horn's campaign in the Northwest corner. And that led me to where I am today as the clerk of the Finance Revenue and Bonding Committee and aide to Representative Sean Scanlon. So what, like, how do you feel about like you've had a wide range of political experience in such a short span of time. What what has been your favorite experience so far? I mean, you've worked in government, you worked in campaigns, uh, you worked in the legislative process, you worked for an elected official. Like, what are what's like your political vibe? Would you say? 
I would say my vibe, I learned very quickly after joining the Lamont campaign that campaigns are my calling. Yes. My passion. I love to be out in the field, talking with people, hearing about issues that they care about and how they think we should fix it. And just the thrill of being on the campaign trail is what I like. But I do like what I'm doing now. Um, I do like seeing the committee side of the legislative process. It's completely different from being an aide because you're in the action of policy. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So you get a fusion of uh, everything, but a girl after my own heart with your campaign <laughs> uh, love. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and I was just wondering, being so young, how do you balance? Because I, I got into politics too at 14. So um, it was a lot. How do you balance uh, being in such a an environment that is really timely and then just still being young and and wanting to live your life as well? Honestly, I feel like it's a lot easier for me to balance everything because I'm so young and I don't have a family yet. Uh, so I have more flexibility with that. But I do find time like on the weekends uh, to do things I love, like hanging out with my family or my friends and also I do love door knocking so oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I find that out you're never gonna you're gonna have every single weekend booked Christina right <laughs> they're gonna say I heard on the podcast you like door knocking come door knock for me hit me up <laughs> people are gonna ask me for your phone number I'm gonna be like oh uh what? no good 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 so um Going through all this, uh, I mean, I know it's a short time, but have you have you faced any obstacles that you would say because you're a woman or, or a person of color? Um, um, I would say I do face obstacles a lot, especially for age too. Yes. Um, yeah, especially my age. I, I also look young. I sound young. And even in, like the building I work in, I'll meet people and they'll be like, oh, who are you interning for? or on the campaign trail, people will be like, are you even old enough to vote? Um, and a lot of the times like people just don't really take me seriously because of how young they think I am and how inexperienced they think I am. So I feel like there's always a need for me to prove myself. So. Yeah. yeah. And well, how do you combat that? Like, what, what do you do when, you, when you're facing those type of obstacles? Like, what do you do, yeah, to, co to combat it? Well, I, I do try to prove myself. I, I always strive to learn how to, you know, bounce back. If people are like, are you old enough to vote? I'll just say, yeah, I am. And I probably know a lot more than you did at your age, at this age. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, in meetings, like I will, I will be quiet, but like, I also feel like sometimes I will say things and somebody next to me will say the, the same exact thing. And the person who we're talking to will be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, that's such a great idea. And I'll be like, thank you, you know, even though they were talking to them. So, yeah. And I, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And I, have you thought about running for office? Are you, like, I mean, I don't know. A lot of times people have, there's different tracks for you know, politics. I mean, a lot of times people are like, oh, no, I'm a behind-the-scenes person. And uh, some people want to run. I mean, when you were first thinking about, you know, what brought you to volunteer for, because that seems to be that your first political experience was 
for in that selectman's race, um, you know, do you have an interest in running yourself or are you just, you know, what inspired you to go and do that? Um, at this time, I don't have, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself running for anything. I do like the supportive role right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was inspired because my grandma, I got involved with politics because of her. She was very involved in my town. Um, she was the deputy registrar of voters. And so every election she would work as a moderator. And so when I turned, yeah. So when I turned 16, they were looking for poll workers and I was like, I'll do it. Um, and so when I turned 16, every year after that, I worked an election and that's really what inspired me to, you know, go on into politics and, helping people register to vote. Even when I was in college, I became the deputy registrar of voters for Durham. And so I got to go back to my high school and register people, 18 year olds to vote. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, I, you said your parents were from Cambodia mm -hmm. originally. And um, so I'm curious, I mean, just because of the history of that country, um, were, were your parents or, or your grandma, I know you were close with your grandma. Um, did they have any kind of like um, political experiences uh, back uh, in Cambodia that kind of um, helped, I don't know, shape their, their political views or help inspire you in any way um, to get involved? Um, so my grandma's actually from America. My mom was adopt is adopted. It's her foster mom. Oh. Um, so yeah, um, but my mom and dad came to America very young. They were like teenagers. They were just trying to escape the communism then. Um, so yeah, that that was that was their experience with government. They don't trust government at all because it's huge genocide. Yeah, you say yeah, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. not not cool yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i could understand that so right, right. and you said that your grandmother inspired you to um to kind of start like with the door knocking and, and and stuff uh what do you think that we can do to kind of inspire or even encourage more young people to get involved into politics okay um, for one, I, I would say I think the 2020 presidential election really encouraged people my age to get involved politically by going out and actually registering to vote um, and then actually voting. Um, another way I would say to engage them in this world is to do it in the world that they live in through social media, help them get involved with um, things that they are interested in, like find an issue and help them, you know, get involved with that, uh, go door knocking, going to rallies and just getting them involved where it doesn't involve money because people my age don't really have a lot of that. And so, yeah. Do you think that people your age, um, how do they view, um, what would you say how your generation views politics? Um, you know, you saw with the Black Lives Matter movement, we saw you know, that was like a youth led movement in the country at the climate change we're seeing young people rise up and really lead on those issues like I guess I've been just because I'm older and um a lot older than you I could be your mommy 
but I, I, I find it inspiring. And I guess I'm just curious to hear what you think uh, your generation thinks of government, politics, how to make change and, um, you know, how do they see, I mean, you, you hear of this tension between, you know, baby boomers, which I am not, and, you know, and oh God, uh, Jen, is it Z now? I, I've lost track, I'm Gen X, so I'm Gen X, I got my X. Um, so I, I don't know, I'm just curious to hear what you think uh, about that. I think they're starting to see a shift in government. Um, I think at first it's like everybody, like a lot of younger people are starting to get involved. They're running for office. They're making progressive changes. And I feel like us as a younger generation are are the future. And I think we are the ones that are going to be able to bring those progressive ideas and changes to our world. And I think a lot of people are starting to get involved, especially now I'm I'm a huge TikTok person. And people are putting their political views and sharing what they, how they feel about certain candidates and showing people younger, uh, like teaching them about politics and what's going on in the world. And I think educating them at a younger age helps them become more involved. So yeah, I think it's definitely the opinion of government is definitely changing uh, slowly, but it is. Yeah, and recognizing they have to be engaged to help change it. And make change, yep. Right. And, ju- and just following up with that, I totally agree. I feel like our generation, our generation is um, what they call the cancel culture, where like we see a lot of things that's, that's been going on uh, within politics and policies. And we have really been the generation that, that has decided, OK, you know what, we're going to say something, too, because I feel like maybe two or three years ago, we haven't really, we weren't the generation to, to speak on stuff. We were like, we're young, we're kids. And now I see people, um, children, my my sister, she's 18. They're even getting involved in politics. And I just wanted to know, like, like how, how does that, how does that move you? Because it, it moves me and it makes me feel like good to see younger than us really getting involved. And I just wanted to know what was your opinion on that? Yeah, I agree. It makes me feel good. It's great to see people, even I, I consider myself young, obviously, because I am. <laughs> But even to see like my friends who never were involved in politics, didn't they don't care about anything uh, when it comes to government, just to see them be involved and have like healthy discussions with me. It's it's great to see. Yeah. Great. And what um, just from campaigning, I mean, you've been in different roles where you've experienced, um, you know, and you probably observed and also like yourself, like how women are different, the roles that they play in politics, how they politic different than men. What would you, you know, say from what you've observed, how women um, maybe lead and, um, you know, do politics differently than men? Um, I think the advantages of how women politic are women generally listen more and usually come from being very active in their communities. And I also feel like women have to learn to juggle everything like with their family, their lives, their children, and which mostly forces them to be organized and learn to drop things and fix things. So I think having women in politics is the best idea. Yeah, (laughs) me too. (laughs) 
Yeah, and what and what do you think is the key uh, policy issues that are affecting women right now? Economic justice, <laughs> um, accessibility to healthcare and childcare, and then not really in Connecticut, but uh, reproductive rights. Just women in the U.S. having uh, issues accessing abortion and birth control. Yeah, which we really probably shouldn't, because you know we should control our own oh, bodies. Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Any chance to get on the pulpit of that uh, I get, but it's you know kind of bizarre to see our bodies being legislated. And I think uh, just today we've had another mass shooting, um, you know, in our country. It's really quite sad um, to see. But anyway, okay. All right, so then I'm gonna to switch to fun questions. Let's, uh, so yeah, <laughs> I know. We'll get out of the, the toughy ones, but um, so if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be, why and where? Okay, so non-politically, I would have dinner with my grandma mm -hmm. uh, because she is the reason I am where I am today. She passed away from COVID, but she was my biggest cheerleader. She's the reason I never gave up on finding a job in this field. And she's instilled democratic values in me. And it would be her cooking because she's an Italian grandma and it would be at her farm in Durham. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. So, right, politically, what would you guys eat? Oh, yeah. Politically, uh, it would probably be RBG. After she passed, I watched all of her documentaries, and I'm like, I would love to just pick this woman's like brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, tonight. I think I cut you off. What were you asking? Oh, no, you're fine. I was just asking, uh, what would you eat? Like, what would be your grandmother's favorite dish? Uh, so many. Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, meatloaf, yum. Love meatloaf. <laughs> That was my, like my mom, when she was able to cook, she uh, would make me for my birthday meal. It would always be meatloaf, mashed potatoes and peas. Like, you Are know? you ketchup or gravy? With, oh, gravy. Oh. Your ketchup? ketchup? Yeah. Ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Ketchup. ketchup doesn't taste good with mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look okay. at that face. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this so, is on Zoom, so people know that's why we can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have a great relationship with each other, so this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hollywood is making a movie about you. Which actor plays you? Okay. Uh, so, everyone that I know knows me, who knows me, knows I love Disney. So, it'd be an animated movie, and the person would have to be a really good singer. <laughs> So it would either be Beyonce, Kristen Bell, maybe Selena Gomez, or Taylor Swift. Beyonce. Beyonce, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> One of the four. Beyonce, nice. <laughs> um, let's see. How about, um, you know, election day is coming around, or you got, like, a big political event. What song do you listen to, like, gets you all psyched up and, like, motivated and ready to go? Uh, I would say I would listen to my two absolute favorite artists in this world, and that's Taylor Swift and Cardi B. Oh, that's right. Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi B. <laughs> oh Get up 10 by Cardi B. Forever Run. That's my political song. Forever Run? What was it? Get up 10. Get up 10. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, who is your favorite president and why? 
Um, if I'm being honest, again, for eight years of my life, um, where I really started to try to learn about what was going on in this world, uh, was Ob Obama was president. So I would say he's my favorite. And it's not because he married Michelle Obama, although that mm -hmm. is a great perk of him. Uh, but I would say he was the most impactful. He was the reason why so many people our age, my age, me and Tanaya's age, are allowed to stay on our parents' insurance while they go through this like huge transition in their life from college to careers. And uh, yeah, I also think he brought hope to America and he made everyone feel like the issues that they cared about really mattered. Nice. All right, this one may get you in trouble, but <laughs> are there any um, Connecticut women in the political field that, um, you know, elected, non-elected who inspire you? Tough choice because there are a lot. But. I have two. Okay. It's uh, Jacqueline Cozen oh, and <laughs> Megan Scanlon. <laughs> Megan. Because you two women got me to where I am today. You were role models. You taught me everything that I know. And I would don't even know where I would be without both of you. I'm truly grateful. Oh, you're so sweet. But Christina, you work your ass off. You're smart. Um, you are a kind person and I think you make such a difference in politics. I mean, it, you really, you really do. And that's, those are all rare qualities to find in one person. So um, you shine, you shine and it's, yeah, it's a pleasure to help pass your name along when any, or serve as a recommendation whenever you need anything. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I agree. <laughs> Okay. Last question? You wanna... <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to ask the, well, yeah, I'm going to ask the last, the last question, uh, just because you mentioned earlier that you don't plan on wanting to run uh, for political office. And that was my next question. So uh, the last question would be, what are three pieces of advice you can give to young women wanting to break into politics in any type of form? Um, I would say go to your community, volunteer, join a DTC. Uh, don't be scared to try something. Always ask for help. Never give up and take any opportunity that you can. And then the last is help other women to, anyway, be a mentor, help each other, push women up because when we work together, we get things done. And I am where I am today because of women. Man, I said we gon' win Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten Look myself in the mirror, I said we gon' win Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten Look myself in the mirror, I said we gon' win Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten Yeah, but I get up ten